Ben here, slightly still recovering from the worst malady known to man, the dreaded man flu, which is why I sound a bit shit. Just wanted to sort of uh, just check in on you uh, and let you know what's going on with the ornithology because we haven't released anything for a while. It's been a long time now uh, since we finished off Tom Cruise's films. It's been two months since we talked about Fallout. And some things have changed in the Ornithology house on the finale episode of Tom Cruise. We revealed that we would be looking at the films and music of David Bowie and probably doing a short run looking at adaptations of the works of Philip K. Dick. I'm not going to do either of those things for reasons that are very undramatic nothing to do with you know creative differences or anything like that I had a real sit with the David Bowie thing because as I mentioned in that episode he's probably my favorite um artist in pretty much any medium of all time he's, he's, he's you know certainly in the top three and I don't think I would really have any objectivity um and I also don't think, because Alex and I are coming from such different viewpoints on it, where Alex doesn't really feel that he knows anything of David Bowie, and I have pretty much everything that Bowie's ever recorded, most of his films. Um, I think initially we both thought this would be really interesting. But actually, I think f- for what I would bring to it, it would be quite bland and also run the risk of personally taking away something from what I enjoy about David Bowie's um, music. So that's not to say that we're never going to return to it. Um, Alex is actually still very keen to do it. And I, 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 I am too, to an extent. It just didn't feel like I was in the right place to do it. In all honesty... I still haven't really got over the fact that David Bowie isn't still with us. And there are certain things when I come into to contact um, with them, um, particularly his final album, that I, f- I actually find it very hard to listen to still because um, as masterful as it is, spoiler, it, it, it is still a bit of an open wound for me. That's how personal this project is for me, that project is. So that's on the back burner. Pip K. Dick, um, although it would be quite a short run, somewhere between eight and ten episodes, just looking at the significant film adaptations, it's quite a big commitment to to read those works. And although many of them are quite um, short compared to other novels, you know, one of the longer works would be Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Still a relatively lean novel. And a lot of the other films... Minority Report and Adjustment Bureau are based on um, novellas or short stories. Um, it's It comes at a time where both Alex and I are very busy in our professional lives. Um, and that's a commitment that would have to see us look at probably a different kind of release schedule of once a fortnight or, or even maybe once a month. And um, myself, speaking as someone who's tried to bite off a book a week, uh, and even a book a fortnight for a previous podcast project that I worked on. It's tough, and actually, you can um, 
you can you can make a problem for yourself in terms of enjoying something if you don't immediately fall in love with it when it becomes a commitment it's very different sitting down to read a book than it is sitting down to watch a film even if that film's three hours long um and some of the films that we've watched have felt infinitely longer than that but still so we had to do something that was a bit more fun uh a bit easier going dare i say a little bit sillier uh, at times so what we're going to do starting in a few weeks time and we want your input for this which is why i'm, I'm releasing this now we're going to look at films that for one reason or another have been forgotten that's not to say that they have disappeared into obscurity or even have been unfairly forgotten. Um, there's no sort of judgment brought to this. It's just that for one reason or another, some films come out, they do very well, um, and then they have no cultural footprint or they don't have a life on television or they're not even available on something like Blu-ray. So we're going to find a few different criteria for this. And it could be anything from films that were nominated for major awards to films that simply made their money back and were quite a bit of a splash in the year that they came out. And now you never hear from them. The idea is to revisit them and try and get to the bottom of why is that? Why do some films sustain, even if they're not very good? Um, whereas some films that are perfectly fine just disappear. Um, try and understand why that is and also come to a determination of is that fair uh, should the film have been forgotten or is it actually does it have some documentary value for the the period that it was released in uh, the reference point that I always come back to and I probably will have to put it as our entry for the year 1990 um, is Air America which came out after the glut of Vietnam movies, had Mel Gibson in his prime, post-Lethal Weapon 2, Robert Downey Jr. when he was just hitting really big, decent budget, fairly decent director, Roger Spotswood, who's, who's done a Bond movie and a, and a few sort of... He's a he's, you know, work-a-day director, he's an everyman director. Um, everyman isn't what I mean. Journeyman. He's a journeyman director. Um, and I remember it being a, a big hit when it came out in 1990. It was it was publicised all over the place, and it did pretty well. I say that the, even the title of that film to a lot of people my own age, they have no idea what I'm talking about. And I'm not saying Air America was brilliant, but it was fine. It was a perfectly fine film, and maybe that is what we're talking about. It's it it means something to be atrocious, and it means something to be excellent. And often the worst thing you can be is mediocre. That said, there's a hell of a lot of mediocrity out there that is remarkably successful. So that's kind of the um, the mission statement of, of what we're doing. And it, going by the working title of Forgotten Films, but we may come up with something more punny and um, you know worthy of our dad joke style. So we're going to start, I think, around 1980. It seems like a good place to start. Um, Alex was born in 80. I was born in 81. It, it still feeds into that brand of the films that we grew up with. And I, Alex and I are never going to not want to go back to 
the 80s and certainly the first half of the 90s when it comes to pure popcorn cinema. In a, in a time before the proliferation of CGI, when stunts and cra- car crashes and blowing buildings up all had to be done for real, mullets and lycra and saxophones. Um, that's not to say that it's going to be all, you know, those kind of movies, but I, th- I suspect we will, um, in the in the style of the Arnithology and the Cruise cast, lean towards, you know, pulpy genre efforts uh, as much as we possibly can. So the idea is that um, from the list of films released in whichever year, and we'll do the years in order from 1980 onwards, Alex will pick a film for us both to watch, and I will pick a film for us both to watch. And over the course of the episode, we'll discuss both films. And um, that's not to say that we won't both like the same film, but Alex will be putting a case forward for one film. I'll be putting a case forward for the other film. And um, between us, we'll try and come to some sort of equilibrium and decide uh, which one we think is is worth revisiting or not. Maybe neither. Maybe both. Now, this is where you come in. Neither of us would ever consider ourselves scholars. Uh, I certainly uh, like a good obscure film as much as the next man, but I do have pretty populist tastes most of the time. When it comes to uh, obscurity, I'd say Alex's experience in this field is best suited to the decade of the 80s because I believe that he absorbed as much action cinema as possible from that period and the 90s. However, um, my opinion is that all of those films have largely morphed into one long film um, that he doesn't really remember the actors or title or even plot. It will just be, uh, oh yeah, there's some nipples at at minute 29 um, and a guy gets his tongue pulled out of his ear. Uh, somewhere towards the third act, that kind of thing. So there will be certain years where we will be clamouring to say, oh, we've got to put this film forward. What we want is from you any suggestions for something that we might otherwise miss. So um, it's not just the 80s. It will be all the way through to at least 2010, I think. Um, We may even, once we've given it a bit of breathing space, pick some wild cards from um, this decade as well but I think films have to be a certain number of years old for them to classify as as forgotten so certainly for the period 1980 to 2000 at the very least um, and probably up to 2010 what sort of films do you think have uh, been justly or unjustly forgotten have not had a life beyond their initial release and if you want to proffer some thoughts as to why I think we have to say that it it has to have been a theatrically released movie. It can't be something that was just a direct-to-video or even a TV movie unless it's actually spectacular. If it's something that really deserved a wider release and didn't, and that is frankly a crime, then absolutely we want to hear about those movies. But if it's just some you know, third sequel to a Hellraiser knockoff that had one good kill in it and no one saw it because it never really got released anywhere, particularly wide. You know what? There's a thousand of those released every week. Not interested. 
I'm interested in the Air Americas. I'm interested in the Avatars. You know, some people talk about Avatar as a film that hasn't left a cultural footprint, and yet it's um, the largest grossing film of the last decade. I, I wouldn't even say Avatar technically falls into our criteria, but that that's sort of where we're looking. So um, films that were very well regarded, films that made their money back and then some, films that just made a bit of a splash when they first came out and, and disappeared. That's what we're after. The more obscure, the better, but I think it, it does have to fit those criteria. So let us know. We have our Facebook page, as you should know. It's Facebook forward slash The Arnithology. We are The Arnithology at... Oh, hang on, is it is Facebook? Just search for Arnithology on Facebook. Um, we are The Arnithology at Twitter. Oh, Jesus, I don't know, are we? Or are we just Arnithology? Man checks thing on his phone. Twitter. Yeah, that's the little birdie. Switch accounts. What is my Twitter handle? Yeah, The Arnithology. So, at The Arnithology on Twitter. And The Arnithology at gmail.com. If you have suggestions, please let us know. The more information, the better. But no spoilers. Come on, we're going to watch these films. Um, and let us know if this is the direction that you want us to go. Or if you think it will drive our legion of fans to go and listen to Rob Marlin's podcast where he watches films with his mum, which, you know, no one wants that. The last thing that we want to do is popularise Rob Marlin. I think that's fair. That's a mission statement as well. Stick that on the list. Anyway, get in touch. Um, we'll be back in a few weeks' time with our first episode well, obviously, we haven't decided any films yet, so we won't talk about specific films in that one. Um, it'll just be Alex and I batting some ideas backwards and forwards about what the first decade of the 80s will have to offer. We hope you will join us for that. And as I said, please get in touch. Facebook, Twitter, at The Arnithology, and Arnithology at gmail.com. Cheers then.